the light has gone out on my sign over my left shoulder and my spirit, and almost certainly on the Giants' playoff hopes. But on the positive side, some of the kids, including Marco Luciano, are back. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I have been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there. Please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're following the show. Also, download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And coming up on today's show, a lot to get into, including... A flurry of roster moves that the Giants made just this morning, and many are significant. We'll also get into Brandon Crawford. I mean, that's part of the, that's one of the moves heading to the injured list. And did he play his last game as a San Francisco Giant yesterday, coming out with a hamstring injury? Did he? And also Tom Verducci of Sports Illustrated, just ripping the Giants, will discuss his article when he called them the most boring contender, and he went into detail about why, and so we'll break that down. But the roster moves are where I want to start. Honestly, I probably would have started elsewhere if these roster moves weren't so significant, but they're super significant. So there's a lot of them. Let me just run through. So Tristan Beck and Marco Luciano were recalled from AAA. Tyler Fitzgerald was selected from Triple A, meaning he wasn't on the 40-man roster, so he was added and called up. Uh, Sean Jelly was optioned to AAA. Brandon Crawford went on the 10-day IL with a right hamstring strain, and Paul DeYoung was placed on unconditional release waivers. So that Paul DeYoung move is what opens up a 40-man spot for Tyler Fitzgerald. So the additions here or what I want want to focus on first, and that's Tristan Beck, Marco Luciano, and Tyler Fitzgerald. And so basically, I want to see as much of these three and others as possible with 10 games remaining. That's what's, it just kind of is disappointing to think about how, yeah, okay, great, we're going to see these guys, but they only have 10 games to, you know, to, to see what they can do. And the main guy here for me, like Fitzgerald getting added, we'll get into that. That's for sure interesting. And a lot of people have been asking me about why hasn't he been given a shot this season all year. And so I'll get into kind of my response to that. Um, but the main guy here for me is Marco Luciano because he, by many publications, prospect analysis publications, has long been considered one of the top prospects in baseball. Now, he kind of fell off a little bit 
last year and this year wasn't great. He did start slow in double A and then uh, heat up. And then his triple A numbers, I'm looking at them now, have not been great. And so, I don't know. He's 21. He's 20. He just turned 22 in September this month. And basically what I'm trying to say here is that I want to see the guy play. And the fact that Brandon Crawford goes on the IL and Paul DeYoung was uh, placed on unconditional release waivers means who's the heck is the shortstop, right? Like that's what, that's uh, what we're looking at here is that they don't have an obvious shortstop. And so that's where Marco Luciano and Tyler Fitzgerald come in. And so uh, I, I, I would be happy to see, I mean, Fitzgerald can play short. That's the thing about Fitzgerald is that he's versatile. He plays short He's also played center, he's played second, he's played third. So it remains to be seen, but they're both right-handed. And so you're not looking at a platoon. You've also got uh, Tyro Estrada capable of playing short. But basically what this looks like to me is that you're going to see either Marco Luciano or Tyler Fitzgerald at shortstop, one of those two, pretty much every day for for the next 10 games, uh, or at least nine, at least nine. And we'll get into that, what I mean by that a bit later, but that's a good thing to me though. It's, there's a, there's a strong tinge, this tinge, even a word, there's a strong like feeling of disappointment with the fact that they're doing this with 10 days remaining, 10 games remaining, like the way that they used Luciano this year, Called him up. He played in like a few games. Let me see. Let me see exactly so I can be specific. He played in four games. He had 12 plate appearances. He did strike out, you know, 42% of the time. He was chasing, blah, blah, blah. But they didn't give him a shot. And he, the fans were so excited. They gave the guy a standing ovation when he came up to bat for the first time. And I just, I'm not sure I quite understand why they sent him down, frankly. I don't remember what the circumstances were, but it's just, it it comes with disappointment for me. And this guy, I mean, he may, he may well be the opening day shortstop next year, but you're only going to get at most 10 more games to look at him. And, and you gave yourself only four previously. And so I think I, I think they make a lot of their decisions based on like analytical data that they're seeing, you know, from AAA performance, et cetera. And so they kind of make the determination that, oh, he's not going to be able to hit righties or high velocity or whatever beforehand. And so we don't get a chance to kind of see them get an opportunity. And I think as a fan, that's just an unpleasant viewing experience. But are they right? I mean, and this touches on what Verducci touches on in his piece that we're going to discuss later. Uh, I mean, maybe they're right. You know, like Elliot Ramos, he's just never been given a shot. I, I frankly think it's because they just simply don't think he would succeed if he was given a, sh- a shot. And they think that with a high level of confidence, they think that there's a high level of confidence. And they're probably right. That being said, like... 
where are the good prospects? You know, I mean, I, I know Patrick Bailey and Matos has been given a real shot, but I just want to see Marco Luciano. You know, as a fan, I want to see this guy. We've been hearing about him for years, and he's here. So is Tyler Fitzgerald. So we'll get into Fitzgerald and also Brandon Crawford. And the question, the legitimate question, has he played his last game? as a San Francisco giant and are they going to kind of not give him his due farewell like they did with somebody else. We'll talk about that as well in just a minute. And before we do, I need you to know that this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at game time, buying tickets to your favorite event. Shouldn't have to be a stressful event in and of itself, which for me, It often is when I'm buying tickets. For me, like going to see the Giants on the road is one huge example. If it's a stadium I've never been to and you're looking at a two-dimensional map and you're looking at different levels like upper deck, second deck, some stadiums have like five, six decks. How am I supposed to know what the the view is like from those seats from a two-dimensional map? Well, game time has images of seat views which are a game changer and then i also worry about am i getting the best price because maybe i buy like four months in advance or maybe i'm like buying at the last second no matter what i'm not sure i'm getting the best price but with the game time guarantee it means you'll always get the the best price because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference so snag those tickets without the stress with game time Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, as promised, we are going to get into Tyler Fitzgerald as well as uh, Brandon Crawford perhaps playing his last game as a San Francisco Giant. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to be d- discussing a game. The season's not over. They go to LA. Their uh, Giants play the Dodgers tonight at 7-10 Pacific. You can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search Giants. And the starting pitcher... Uh, according to sfgiants.com, is Kyle Harrison. And so, you know, in some ways, it's like this is the team a lot of people wanted to see all all along. And if you were going to end up being a team that wasn't going to make the playoffs and might even have to get a little bit fortunate even to be above 500, they could very well actually finish exactly 500 again which would just be hilarious in a maniacal kind of hilarious way like where you're doing the joker laugh um but you've got kyle harrison on the mound you have patrick bailey probably maybe sable behind the plate you're gonna have uh marco luciano out there you may very well have tyler fitzgerald out there uh Matos in the outfield and so there's a lot of youth there and so I I was very negative on yesterday's podcast understandably so I think it was fair negativity but you know it's not all bad and a lot of these young guys but part of it like I said is like what be straight up about 
Marco Luciano? Like, what's the deal? Is he? A, do you consider him a, a future stud, or is he like just a guy you're going to platoon and send back and forth like Elliot Ramos? I, I don't think that's how they want to treat every prospect. It's just they they believe ahead of time their decisions aren't based on let me see you play at the major leagues. Their decisions seem to be based on you know triple A performance, what they think uh certain performance how they think certain performance in different areas will translate to the major leagues and then they make those decisions ahead of time and as a fan and you don't get an explanation and so it's really frustrating and i understand that especially like if you're not a hardcore fan if you're more of like a medium somewhat casual but invested fan you're like it just it would make no sense to you i would imagine because they don't explain it like you need people to explain it because they don't so i don't know where i was going with that but tyler fitzgerald i mean he's another guy who you could kind of talk about in this vein which is that he's been in triple a all season and you know he's done well there and yet he's not been given a shot and so many times i can't tell you how many like mailbag questions have been like why Aren't they giving Tyler Fitzgerald an opportunity? And honestly, the reason I don't often answer such questions is because I've answered those types of questions before with other players like Elliot Ramos and David VR last year. And it turns out, you know, like with a a guy like VR, who was the MVP of the Pacific Coast League, he struggled i mean he did well at the end of last season but this year he was horrible frankly at the major league level and never came back you know never to be heard of again basically and so they were right that's the thing it's like it it takes a lot of the fun out of it when they maybe make those determinations ahead of time but with fitzgerald here's part of it is that the the numbers like if you compare it to major league numbers they look really really good 287 batting average 358 on base 499 slugging that would be a great line in the major leagues but in the pacific coast league it's about league average that is roughly what an average kind of slash line looks like so that's part of it is that he while the numbers like in a vacuum look good you have to consider what the league is like and a lot of times people ask me why is the pcl considered such a hitter friendly league and basically it's my understanding is there are several ballparks that are at very high altitudes it's like imagine if you played all your games or all your non-home games pretty much at coors field you know the numbers are going to be bloated just like a, a player who plays for the Rockies, their numbers are bloated. It doesn't mean they're great, even though those numbers look good relative to the major league average. You get what I'm saying? So that's part of it. But we're, we're talking about a guy who's played in 102 games this year in AAA, started the year in AA, where he was awesome. I mean, there he was 70% above average in 19 games according to weighted runs created plus that's a tough league in which to hit and he hit well 324 average 410 on base 588 slugging was awesome and then he got promoted to AAA. has played 102 games he's got 20 home runs and 29 steals and he's been caught three times 
So some athleticism and speed. I admittedly, you know, I'm watching every single San Francisco Giants game. So I don't I don't often like watch the the Rivercats on TV. And so I haven't seen a lot of Tyler Fitzgerald, but you know, he's not considered by most or any publications to be like a top prospect in the game. However, maybe a useful player potentially. But certainly, I mean, the the 29 steals stand out to me being caught only three times. Giants are last in the majors in steals. The versatility, center, short, second, third, it's what they like. But, you know, I don't know how they'll treat him. I would imagine, like, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's just someone, they don't start against righties and just against lefties. And it's just more of the same kind of, frustrating brand of baseball to me honestly like I just I want and they know this they need everyday players I I said this before the season it's just obvious math you can't platoon at every position if you did you'd have 18 position players and eight pitchers which no they roll with 13 pitchers and so you need everyday players so they're not trying to platoon every spot but the problem is their everyday players have not been impact enough. And so Tyler Fitzgerald, probably another example of a guy who's not an, not going to be an impact player. I think Luciano has the chance to be, uh, and you know, many scouts and whatever have long believed he has a chance to be an impact player. And so that's why I want to see him like just start him at shortstop every day and just see what he can do. So anyway, Fitzgerald, yeah, a lot of people are intrigued. I understand why. And he's going to get his shot. We'll see how they use him. And I'll certainly break it down as the season winds down how these guys are being used. But Brandon Crawford, did he play his last game as a San Francisco Giant yesterday? It is possible because while, okay, here's the the golden ticket is that he's eligible to come off the injured list on the last day of the season. And so that's kind of like poetic in a way. I would say even if he's hurt, he should come off the injured list and like at least be in the starting lineup and take the field and then get pulled out of the game for a, you know, five minute long standing ovation, which by the way, when Brandon Belt ended the season hurt last year, the Giants did nothing to acknowledge him uh, when the season ended, which which was at home. You know, they could have done something and they didn't. And so this whole organization, like the stuff they used to do that was like top class, first class, uh, you don't always see it anymore. And so if they just kind of don't do anything for Brandon Crawford, it's just going to be another example of the degradation of this organization and you know i hate to say it but like you know losing that that kind of human touch and human side i feel like that that has it's not just an internet troll kind of thing to say like the brandon belt example is a good one and like not telling brandon crawford that they were gonna sign carlos correa until after they signed Carlos Correa and saying, oh, by the way, you're not going to play short. 
anymore, even though you've only ever played short, like not giving him a, why not involve him in that conversation ahead of time, just as another example. And so I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. It seems like there's a cluelessness or obliv- obliviousness to some of this stuff. And you can't blame it all on like Farhan Zaidi, like the not giving belt a send off. That's, that's got to come from a Farhan Zaidi is worried about the roster and all that, not about creating a video for the video board to play for Brandon belt. So we'll see for Brandon Crawford, but it is good news. I, I think very much so that he does have this one day uh, that he's eligible to come off the IL basically before the season ends. He's got, October 1st, and they have a game. It's against the Dodgers. And so hopefully, I mean, and I think that it is, it will be his last game, whether it was yesterday or whether it's on October 1st, I think it's his last game as a San Francisco Giant. And so we'll see. He has said nothing about his future. He has not indicated plans of retirement or not. I've said all along, there's three possibilities. The belt possibility of like, I want to keep playing and then moving on to another team, potentially the Matt Cain possibility where he says like, right now I'm going to retire after the season. And then you get that one last chance to say goodbye on the last day of the season, assuming they don't make the playoffs or the Buster Posey route where you finish out the season and then announce that you're retiring. So one of those three things is going to happen. And I mean, I suppose it's possible he could come back, but the performance just hasn't really warranted it at all. But the career performance warrants all of the efforts being made to give the man a proper send-off. So anyway, coming up in just a minute, we still haven't talked about the Tom Verducci article. He calls the Giants the most boring contender, which he kind of, you know, as I said yesterday... The Giants aren't really contenders, Tom. They're not. They're they're a 500 team. But we'll get into the art, the article nonetheless in just a minute. And before we do, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL season, it's in full swing. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use and there's a wide range of betting options including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, as promised, the Tom Verducci article, I could I could probably spend a whole episode talking about it, but I didn't find it that... I mean, here's the thing. He, he touches on truths. But he also kind of misses a major point to me. And so, yeah, I'm going to discuss it in just a second. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day, every dayers. Tomorrow, 
Yeah, we'll be talking about the kids. I want to see Luciano out there at short. We'll see if they use Fitzgerald and how they use him. Uh, Tristan Beck, is he going to get a rotation shot? I mean, we'll just kind of hear about hear from Gabe Kapler, etc., about the moves that they've made today. And uh, also Harrison on the mound, Luciano potentially at short. So all of that coming up tomorrow. The Giants play the Dodgers tonight in L.A. at 7:10 Pacific, and you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. And so, I am scrolling through Twitter looking for. Okay, I found it. Looking for my basically short reaction after reading the Tom Verducci article because I saw it come out and. The headline, like it was a Sports Illustrated tweet or X or whatever the heck, and it said, quote, if this is the future of baseball, I want no part of it, end quote. Tom Verducci wrote about the San Francisco Giants' efficient yet lackluster approach this season. And then the subtitle, uh, if you actually click on the tweet, it's the title of the article is How the Giants Became MLB's Most Boring Postseason Contenders. And then the subtitle is San Francisco has a real shot at at securing a playoff spot thanks to its disciplined roster efficiency. And my that that was on September 19th, two days ago. So do they have a real shot? Did they really have a real shot two days ago? It seems like he wrote this in anticipation of them maybe actually making the playoffs. But part of my whole counter argument is going to be like they're not a playoff contender, really. And so, anyway, I'll get to that. But my first reaction, which was also on September 19th, I said, I haven't read this yet, but it will be tough to convince me that other teams are lining up to emulate a Giants team that's 157 and 155 over the last two seasons. Since then, they've lost twice more. So 157 and 157 over the last two seasons. If they're, quote, boring, it's largely because they're playing 500 baseball. If it's about stars, it's not like they haven't tried. And this is where people hate the word tried. I get it. Tried doesn't matter. It's a results-oriented business, and you have every right to be not be happy and to not be satisfied with they tried. But I mean, like, they agreed to terms with somebody for $350 million dollars just last off season and a freak thing happened where the uh the physical revealed a unexpected injury or problem with an ankle and so it fell apart and that's just unfortunate and oh by the way Correa has had a bad season in Minnesota so uh but regardless like they have made efforts to, to sign stars. And then once I read the article, this was my reaction. I said, okay, my problem with this article boils down to, Ver, to Verducci's. Tom Verducci, by the way, is like a major baseball person, like a uh, report, like uh, analyst. He's on MLB Network. He does Fox. He's part of the World Series like broadcast team. He's a big deal. And so when he writes... You listen, even if you don't like the guy, which a lot of people don't. I guess many do, but many don't. My problem, this is what I said, my problem boils down to Verducci's implication that the Giants want 
to be the way they've been this year. That having only two starters and being 21st in runs per game was part of the plan. That, quote, winning the platoon advantage, end quote, was all they intended to do well. So I would just say, I guess I encourage you to read the article for yourself on SI.com. The Giants are MLB's most boring postseason contenders. It kind of falls flat when we look at the playoff odds for the Giants. And literally two days after this was published, they're they're looking at 1.9% odds, according to Fangraphs. So you kind of lose. Actually, I just updated it or like refresh the page and it's 2.1%. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, of course, a team that's a 500 team and not going to make the playoffs is easy to, it's easy to call. Like there's plenty of teams around the league you can look at who are not going to make the playoffs who you can call boring or, uh, not the future of baseball that you want to see. However, there are some nuggets of truth to what he's saying, but he makes it sound like this was the plan. And and I think like, because they basically operated the same way this year that they operated in 2021 when they won 107 games. That season very much looks like an outlier now. We've had two seasons afterwards of data that kind of show that 2021 was in fact a major outlier of a season. But like what would really be brave would be to write that article in 2021 and call them the most boring postseason contenders doing exactly now then what they are doing now. I mean, pitching staff wasn't quite as in shambles, but like they did. I don't, I strongly disagree with the notion that they like wanted to only have two starting pitchers for the majority of the year. They were gushing about how, and the media was too, about how the strength of this team was the depth of the starting rotation. So the fact that they ended up with like only two starters for a large chunk of the year, which Verducci makes sure to point out, um, I don't think it was by design. It's true that they didn't give certain guys long leashes. But again, I think that boils down to they're not liking what they're seeing in the data when they look at like bullpen sessions and they're analyzing, you know, the quality of the stuff basically that the pitchers are featuring. And they're like, oh, Ross Stripling, he's probably going to fail if, if we send him out there. And so we don't want to have him start. And that's how they make their decisions. Anyway, That is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow. Giants, Dodgers. Giants play the Dodgers at 710 Pacific. And you can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app Search Giants. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on X at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.